888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. In today's interview, which is episode number 324, I am on the line with none other than my buddy Chris Ducker, best-selling author of Virtual Freedom, founder of Upreneur.com, the entrepreneurial mastermind community that helps experts become the go-to leaders in their market. He's built several businesses since 2004 with over 450 full-time employees totaling, wait, I think this is the first time I'm saying this in one of my interviews, a multi-seven figure annual revenue. He's a trusted international business mentor, blogger, podcaster, and is doing some really big things. He just launched a new book titled The Rise of the, um, the Youpreneur to inspire and equip others on how to build a profitable personal brand business. So doing that, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Chris, my man, how you doing, man? Man, I am good. Matt, that is an intro. Right, I want to put it in a bottle and sell it and make even more money. That's great. The music, I love, I love everything about your show. It's great to be back, man. Well, it's great to have you back. It's been a while. I think you were almost about two hundred episodes ago, dude. Holy moly, that's terrible. Now I feel like you don't love me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, th- I thought <laughs> you know what it was. I, th- I, I know- thought we had a genuine bromance. No, going we do. On here. Well, actually, so good. we do because okay. So I listed a I listed a bunch of things that you've accomplished in building this business and all, mm. and you know that's semi impressive. You know, it, it's it's okay, but there's one thing that you can say that you have done that no one else has done. You want you want to know what that is, man? What what is it? You are the first person that I met online, that I met in person, that kissed me on the forehead and said, I love you, man. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I do. I love you very, very. Come on. It's almost impossible not to kiss your forehead. It's a, it's a, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like right there, right? It's up for lots of kisses. I love it. It's great. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you back on the show, man. And and I want to talk about what you have going on, man. I, but I want to I want to kind of go back a little bit because when you were on the podcast before, it was all about virtual freedom and 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 building a business and outsourcing so that you don't get overworked. But it seems like a few years ago you kind of went through this transition where this youpreneur thing started going on. Can you tell me a little mm. bit about what happened around that time? Sure, of course. So, yeah, look, Virtual Freedom came out, what, April 2014. So it's about four years ago. Um, and just before that book came out, I, I actually sat down and did a lot of soul searching in regards to how my businesses were growing. I mean, mm-hmm. the book 
came about initially because of the burnout that I experienced in 2009, late 2009, as an entrepreneur of working my butt to the bone, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I recovered from that. And then I put what I learned about recovering from that and building a virtual team to help me kind of almost replace myself in the business day to day. And I wrote about that inside of Virtual Freedom. But as the book was coming out, like I said, I sat down and did some soul searching about how I was going to continue to grow my businesses and what I really wanted to be focusing on going forward after the book. And something really, really interesting. Once I started diving into kind of, you know, start dates of clients and, and you know, project launch dates and things like that, something very interested, very interesting popped out to me. And that was like literally every deal that I did, every project that I launched, every client that I brought on board, I realized something quite apparent. And that was that they did business with me, with Chris, mm. way before they did business with any of my companies. In fact, also nine times out of 10, they ended up doing business with my businesses, with my companies because of me first and foremost, not because of the service or because of the product that we were selling. So the power of the personal brand became very, very evident to me when I started unearthing all this stuff. Fast forward. Um, Before you even we, fast forward, I, I just want to make sure mm. we're clear on this. You said they did business with you. Now, do you actually mean like transactional business or do you mean like they connected with you first? What do you mean by that statement? I Probably a bit of both, okay. quite frankly. Uh, I, I mean, what, what I'm getting at here above and beyond everything else is that they 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 bought into me, to my style, to my experience, to what I could do for them. Uh, Whether that ended up in a transaction right there and then or six months down the line, it was clear that when that transaction took place, it was because of the relationship that they had in place with me first. And this is why, you know, inside of the new book, Rise of the Youpreneur, this is why I talk so in-depthly about relationships and why they're they're so important. They should be treasured. They shouldn't be used and a whole lot of other, you know, great value bomb stuff because I'm a big believer in relationships. Clearly, I, I yeah. kissed you on the forehead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. It's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> if, if there's no better way to kick off, kick off a relationship than that, I don't know. Um, but, um, I, but I'm a big fan of, of relationships and I, and I truly honestly believe that you know, they're everything in, in business and they're everything in life. And, and I'm talking about way beyond the relationships with our spouses and our yeah. families, our children, and, and, you know, maybe very close friends that we've known for many, many, many years. But I'm talking about your customers, your suppliers, your community, your audience, the people that buy your book or read your blog or whatever the case may be. And so I think that, you know, overall, they, they should be prioritized. They shouldn't be used. They should be treasured. And, and that's kind of became very evident to me when I started looking into that. So like I said, we fast forward six months or so. Um, and I was actually having a coffee with my good buddy and our mutual friend, Pat Flynn. And, and he, he asked me, you know, what do you want to be doing like 15, 20 years from now? Yeah. Now, that's not a question that you get asked on a super regular basis. Maybe what do you want to be doing this time next year? Or what do you want to be doing this time five years from now? Whatever. But 15 odd years, I mean, that's a long time, right? I mean, I've been in business for 15 years this year as an entrepreneur. And it feels like it's 50 years, not 15, <laughs> right? So, 
another another 15 years from now, what do I want to be doing? Where do I want to go? I don't really know. But what I did know at that point was that the people that I was working with on a daily basis, pretty much, were the type of people that I wanted to carry on working with long term. And that was what I call my P to P clients, my people to people clients. So you've got B to B, you've got B to C, business to business, business consumer, P to P. So the types of people that I was working with already were people like, for example, content creators, right? So bloggers, podcasters, vloggers, Mm -hmm. live streamers, that, that kind of thing. Authors, speakers, consultants, coaches, anybody really building a business around themselves and their expertise and kind of what they wanted to be known for and who they wanted to serve. And it became evident to me that these were the guys I wanted to work with yeah. pretty much forever because it was so much fun. Hmm. It's, it wasn't boring, stuffy business stuff. It was so much fun. So, you know, you take a coach, for example, it could be a, you know, somebody who's a business coach or a life coach or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you show them the way in regards to building and marketing and monetizing that personal brand, that expertise that they built up to take them from five figures to six, from six, six, you know, six figures to seven. That's a huge accomplishment for anyone. But as the mentor, as the coach, that was the stuff that really turned me on. And so I wanted that feeling as much as I could possibly get it. And, And that's where, Youpreneur as a community was born in 2015 and and how we've obviously continued to grow the brand through our live events and now the book and everything else that we've got planned. Man, 2015, I can't believe it's been three years. I remember when you first started, it seemed like it was just the other day, man. So that, that I, that's pretty yeah. awesome. So Youpreneur, this community, actually more than this community, this concept first, what does it even mean? I mean, I, I can infer what it means, but I'd like to hear it from your voice. Yeah, I mean, it's literally, you know, the type of people that I just mentioned. So it is people like coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, anybody really building that 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 brand and that business around themselves uh, and, and what they want to be known for. So, you know, it, the perfect example is you. I mean, you are a youpreneur. I am a youpreneur. A lot of our mutual friends are youpreneurs. Now, yes, this is a term that I coined to ultimately kind of describe somebody who builds a genuinely profitable long game business around themselves and their brand. But I mean, you know, youpreneurs have been around since, you know, whenever. I mean, Zig Ziglar. Yeah. He's he, that guy. I mean, he was like the original youpreneur. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and everybody, everybody that you see on TV that's, you know, doing, you know, Shark Tank and, and you know, they're youpreneurs. They're building businesses around their personal brands and, and what they're known for. Now, there's one thing I want you to address because it's something that I've struggled with. Um, when you think about the concept of youpreneur, I think from a, a certain perspective, it can almost sound self-centered. I want mm-hmm. you to talk a little bit about that. Is it self-centered? Is it more than that? Can you explain? Well, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's self-centered. I mean, some people might even go as far to say that it's a little narcissistic, but I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that at all. Um, I, I think that, you know, when, when you have a certain amount of experience under your belt and it doesn't matter, here's the thing, you don't need to be a big shot expert. You don't need to have those 10,000 hours that everybody's waffling on about to call yourself an expert. You, you don't need to have that. The fact is this, man, if you are a podcaster 
and you've been podcasting for five years or even three years, and I'm a newbie podcaster that's never podcasted in my life, you have something that you can teach me. Yeah. There's absolutely no doubt about it. If I download the knowledge that you've picked up in those three to five years as a podcaster, I will be able to hit the ground running way faster and way more successfully than if I was to try and do it on my own. And so I, I don't think it's self-centered. I don't think it's narcissistic. I, I just, I think that if you feel you have genuine value that you can provide to people that are interested in whatever it is that you're talking about, then it's almost like this is, this is what you should be called to yeah. do. I mean, all of the mentors that I have worked with and continue to work with for myself, um, whether I'm paying them, whether it's a transactional type of relationship or whether it's a friendship based one. And I talk about, you know, good friends like Dan Miller and Michael Hyatt. I've been blessed to have these men in my life who have, you know, they're a little older than me. They've been through it a little bit more than I have. And whenever I sit down and speak with them, I gleam all this experience from them. They are the personal brand personified, both of them. And so, you know, for me to be able to, uh, you know, learn from someone like that, I don't think that's self-centered at all. Now, if you feel like you're in a position where you've got something to teach people, you need to teach it. Yeah, you need you must. You're you're the perfect embodiment of that. I mean, you know, learning with Leslie that this is it. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because just before I hopped on this call with you, I was on a call with an, a friend of mine and I told him that I was about to interview you. Uh, and he was like, oh, that's cool. He, he said, you know what? I was on a webinar or a training or something that you did sometime last year. And he said, like you, you, you offered so much value that he got a lot from it. And 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 then we were talking about uh, Ray Edwards, uh, another mutual friend of ours. And you just mentioned to me before that you're going to be interviewed by him. And he said this, the exact same thing about Ray Edwards. And I think for the person <laughs> that is thinking about, you man, this sounds a little self-centered. That that what what we need to realize is that it's not self-centered if you're actually helping people and you're you're serving others and providing value to people so yes it's 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 the uh, p2p thing that you're talking about but it's the hey i want i have this value i have this knowledge and i want to share it with the world and i think it's a very powerful concept and i want my listeners to really pay attention to that because even though it's the youpreneur, it sounds like the light isn't necessarily on you, but it's you serving your audience. Does that make sense? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And you got to serve first to sell later. Exactly. But equally, equally, and this is really important, you must be seen to sell in order to build influence. That's a big one. Yeah. Because there's a lot of content creators online that are just knocking out all this incredible value like myself and Ray and, and yourself. But the, the fact of the matter is sooner or later, you have to turn that. I truly believe this. You have to turn that into a transaction because you can't be the freebie guy or gal. You just can't be that person because the moment you start trying to sell something, you're going to come up against a huge amount of friction from your audience. Whoa, hold up. You've been doing this for free forever. Now you want our money. You suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So you, and, and I know several people, several people that have had that problem. And so I'm not saying from day one, you've got to be pushing something down people's throats. But what I am saying is that 
understand the balance between providing all out value and genuinely serving and helping somebody and then building a business based on that as well. Very, very important to be seen to sell, at least in some way, shape or form. You know, there's so much significance in what you just said, because you said you can't be the freebie guy. And actually, the initial name of my blog was the freebie guy. <laughs> and I, oh my God. I quickly learned <laughs> that that wasn't going to work for me. And I had to make some changes. So I, I love that you mentioned that because it's so ironic. And I want my audience to hear that. Now, I'm going to go ahead. On, I'm going to go out on the limb and say that the bulk of my audience are youpreneurs. And a, and, a, and a significant amount of them are really trying to figure out there's something you said just now that you have to be seen and and they're trying to figure out well how do i be how am i how can i be seen and what do i have to do so I, what i would love to spend the rest of this interview just talking about someone has decided this is the path that they want to go 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 on where do they start and what do they do so let's start with the where do you start well you got to start with you I mean, it's called youpreneur, right? So you start with you and, it, and you really start with defining who you actually really are and what you want to be known for. Now, there's a lot of stuff online <clears throat> about, you know, defining who you are and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to go too in depth with this, but ultimately it comes down to doing one very, very key exercise, which I place right at the beginning of the pages of the book because it's something that you'll go back to over and over and over again. And that is, I, I call it the Youpreneur self-awareness test where you basically just get, and, and anybody tuning in right now, you can do it. You, you can, you just get a piece of paper, you draw a line down the middle of it. On the left-hand side, you write down all the things that you're really, really good at. Okay. I call this the flatter yourself list <laughs> because funnily enough with entrepreneurs, um, this list is really easy. <laughs> <laughs> We, we generally have absolutely no problems at all talking about how great we are, right? <laughs> so that the flatter yourself list is filled up pretty much within a matter of seconds, right? But then on the other side of that line, on the other side of the page, it is a tougher list to make. And I call it the keep it real list. And that is where you have to list down all the things that you're not so good at, the things that you struggle with, the things that you maybe, quite frankly, just plain suck at, right? So... You know, this list is a lot harder to put together for most people. It might it might actually require possibly your favorite alcoholic beverage at the same time. I mean, you've got to <laughs> you've got to you've got to really keep it real. You know what I mean? Uh, so but what but what happens, though, and this is the really important thing here, man. What happens is this this exercise becomes your roadmap. It becomes ultimately the blueprint for you to follow because what we want to do is we want to do more of what we're really good at and way, way, way less of the stuff that we're not so good at. In fact, actually, we should avoid that stuff completely. Now, some people might call that a bit of a cop-out and say, well, hold on, you should, you should strengthen your weaknesses. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. You delegate your weaknesses. You focus on what you do best. You strengthen that. Not only are you going to make more money, but you're going to bring way more value to the people that you come into contact with by doing that. You get rid of the stuff that you're no good at. Don't struggle with it at all. Life's too short to struggle and stress. So, so right? what, do you, what do you say, so, even before you move on from that, what do you say to the person that is just getting started, but maybe they don't have the financial means to 
outsource or whatever the case might be. They're like on a shoestring budget. What do you say to that person? Well, I mean, honestly, if that's the case and you carry on struggling, if there's certain things that you must do, then you must do them. Yeah. But understand that the vast majority of what you spend your time on should be the things that you do really good at. So let me put it into a very, very simple format, right? Let's say that you're a, you're a good writer. You're a good writer. You're a good blogger. But you know the importance of getting involved with online video, yeah. for example. But you're not so good at video editing, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. So no problem. If you, if you need to push some video out, then by all means, do one or two videos a month. But focus the majority of your content creation time on writing because that's what you're really good at. Mm. By the time your blog is built up, you've got an email list building a little bit, maybe you've sold your first ebook or your first course or whatever it is, then you can get to the point of ramping up your video yep. and having somebody else edit it. Does that make it a little clearer? Oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I think it's something that a lot of us, uh, we, we, we hesitate to actually go in that direction of getting someone to do the stuff that we're not really that i remember the first my first blog i was so excited that i designed it and then i showed it to my wife and she was like you designed it didn't you and i was like oh man because it did not look good but as soon as i got someone to help me with it it looked so much better so i i definitely hear where you're coming from cool okay good so you start with defining who you are that will lead on very nicely to defining ultimately what you want to be known for based on whatever experience you've got, right? So once you figure that out, then then you have a bit of a plan in place to be able to figure out who you want to sell to. And that's when the fun starts. That's when you do start creating content and you know pushing ideas out there. But here's the thing. When you start creating that content, as you well know, you kind of you you're putting stuff together that you think, and that's the key word right here, that you think your potential audience is going to want to see from you and hear from you. But some of it might be falling flat, but you don't know this at this point. But six months down the line, after you've done that consistently enough, something magical takes place. I mean, we're talking unicorn stuff here, <laughs> right? What, what happens is your audience starts talking back to you. Mm. They start telling you what they need help with. They start telling you what their struggles are. They start telling you what they enjoyed from you and what they didn't. And at that point, you can tweak that content creation strategy and start creating content that you know they actually need from you. And at that point, you're in the position of really at this point, you're turning this into a business model right there and then. So it doesn't take too long for you to go from content creator, the genuine personal brand entrepreneur to then obviously monetizing it but obviously we've got some you know some marketing and some some you know some market building and message spreading to go between then and and making the money so it, it, it's kind of interesting because um, as you start creating that content, um, it, it sounds like in the beginning, maybe you don't even fully know exactly what you should be creating, but you're still creating. And I think that's a key point, right? Absolutely. And you've got to keep creating. You've got to keep providing value. You know, our goal here as youpreneurs is ultimately to become somebody's favorite. Uh, my good friend, Jay Beer said that to me when we were hanging out one day in Cleveland years and years ago. And when he said those words to me, I was just like, oh my gosh, that is so true. Because regardless of what niche or what industry you're in, it's noisy. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, whatever industry you're in, it doesn't need another podcaster. Yeah. It doesn't need another blogger or a live streamer. The fact is you've got something to share and you're going to go ahead and gate crash the party. It's really that simple. Right. Mm -hmm. But our goal to become somebody's favorite blogger, podcaster, live streamer, YouTuber, whatever it may be within that particular industry is huge. And so that is our goal. We want to become somebody's favorite. If you if you show up over and over and over again, providing value after value after value bomb, sooner or later, you will start becoming people's favorites. Yeah. And once you've got a few hundred people that feel like that about you, not even a few hundred, just a hundred, that's honestly, that right there is enough for you to make six figures on. It really is. Like I would rather have a hundred people on my email list that open every email I send, click on every link that I, I put in those emails and buy everything that I suggest they buy. I'd rather have 100 people rather than 10,000 that never do a thing for me. And I'm sure you feel the same as well. Oh, most definitely. Okay, so um, you've defined who you are. You've defined who you want to be known for. You're starting to create content. Now, one of the things a lot of content creators struggle with is getting people to actually see that content. What, what tips can you provide for someone that is creating content, but they want to get more eyeballs on it? Well, this is where spreading the message comes into play, right? So, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do, but let's say we just kind of zoom in on a couple of them yeah, uh, and, and sort of, you know, spend, spend some time on a couple of them. So, I mean, look, for me, it's about building what I call a media company mindset. So when I say that, I'm talking about, you know, asking yourself very, very key questions with, you know, what kind of authority do you want to be seen as? Um, why is becoming an authority in your industry important to you? What does it actually look like when you become an authority? And then how can you obviously spread that going forward? For me, it's about getting personal, getting as personal as possible. Like I said, it's P to P, right? Now there's good P to P and then there's bad P to P, right? Good P to P is, you know, getting to know your customers and, and, and your community members properly by genuinely conversing with them on social media and maybe in your blog comment section of your blog or whatever the case may be. The fact is good P2P is genuinely giving a damn and spending time getting to know your customers because that in itself will have them fall in love with you. A lot of people don't bother trying to do that. They just want to publish, publish, publish. But I'm talking about genuinely getting to know people. Good P2P, uh, even big brands get involved with good P2P. Krispy Kreme, I mentioned in the book, the story where the first time I ever walked into a Krispy Kreme with my, with my young boy, they asked him whether he wanted a tour of, the, of, of how they made the donuts. So he went behind the thing and he put a little hat on his head and he was amazed by it. He was amazed. All he could talk about was Krispy Kreme donuts <laughs> for the rest of the day. They gave him a little green balloon to walk out with and a couple of free donuts. He slept with the balloon that night. I kid you not. Wow. He was a massive Krispy Kreme fan immediately because of that behind-the-scenes look of what took place. And the lady actually, and again, I tell the full story in the book, but the lady who did that at the time was a trainee. Wow. But it was because of her P2P mindset. She's running the joint now. Just a couple of years later, she's running the place now. She's the manager. So that's what I'm talking about. That's good P 
P2P. So even big brands can do good P2P, right? The bad P2P is dragging somebody off a freaking airplane when you know in 2017, <laughs> right? Everyone's Everybody has have a smartphone. cell phone with yep. them. Like, what are you doing? So, Seriously, right? So I, I kind of think, I, I really do feel that what you're saying there in terms of the P2P, you know, getting to know community members, but that keyword of personally is something that gets glossed over a lot today. It's more about the... How many people do you have on your email list? How many of these? And you know, as opposed to, hey, that one person is someone that you need to connect with, whether it's via email, whether it's via social media, whether it's via a comment on your blog. I think there's a lot of power in that individual connecting with that person. Absolutely. It's huge. It's everything. And one of the easiest ways to do it is just to reach out to people when they comment to you on social media. Look, all of our favorite social media platforms have made it so easy to engage the P2P philosophy today that if you if you ignore it, you do so at your own peril, yeah. people, plain and simple. Perfect example. Somebody sends you a tweet saying, Chris, I really enjoyed the last podcast episode. It was very insightful. I made a whole page of notes. Thanks for knocking this great content out, man. I really appreciate it. Yes, you could just quite easily reply to that tweet with, hey, thanks for tuning in, Mike, and leave it at that. But what about you just put your camera in front of your face and send the guy a 15-second video message instead? It's going to take you the same amount of time as it would do to tweet out 100-odd characters, but it's so much more personal. You can do the same on Instagram. You can do the same on Facebook. And it's just so easy. So I like to really use this this multimedia mindset of, of conversing with people. I mean, if you're going to do customer service, do it right. You know what I mean? What's so, what's so interesting about that is I've sent a lot of tweets to people and, and connected with people on social media. And what you're saying right there is so easy. But I don't think it has ever happened to me so what's fascinating about that is well, clearly a, you're not tweeting me enough <laughs> <laughs> obviously right but 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 here's the thing it's so easy and by doing it you stand out of the crowd you do you do and this is the you know perfect example this is i just recorded a podcast episode about this for uh, for my own show which will probably go live in about a month we batch pretty hardcore but I talk about the fact that I still twice a month sit down and write thank you cards in, in long form by hand. Uh, and I send them out all over the world. I'm the guy that when I meet you at a conference, if we have a genuine good conversation over coffee or, you know, dinner or something, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you what hotel you're staying at. And I, I could potentially go to your hotel with a quick card leave it at concierge and say, hey, I, I don't know what room Mike is staying at, but could you please make sure he gets this before he checks out? Mm. I'm that guy. And I've been doing this, Leslie, for years with my customers, years and years. And, and the longer that I do it, the less likely it is that other people do it hmm. because we're in 2018 now, right? I could be doing it via email, would it would it be good? Yes, but would it be genuinely memorable? Yeah. Hell no, right? So the longer I do it, the less other people do it, <laughs> and the more impact it actually makes. 
I love that. And and actually, what what that's act what's that doing? What that's doing for me right now is challenging me to think about ways that I could do more of that kind of stuff. Because yeah, I I try to connect with people, but there's something extra about what you're saying. It's actually very very simple, but it goes a long way. And I and I absolutely love that. I want to encourage anyone that's listening to my podcast that is not giving that extra personal t- touch to start doing it now because it, it, it's a challenge that I'm taking about, uh, on myself. Okay, so we, we are doing these things. We, we, we've, we know what we want to be known for. We're creating content. We're trying. We're connecting with our audience. And now we got to make some money. We got to turn this thing into a business. How do we know where to go at that point? So this is where the power of listening comes into play. If you listen to your community members, to your audience, they will ultimately end up shaping how your business grows in the future. I'm a big, big believer of this. Through the feedback that they give you, through the struggles that they tell you about, through the problems that they mention to you, it is our, look, let's not have any delusions of grandeur here. All we are as entrepreneurs is problem solvers. Mm. That's it. That's our role. We are here on earth to solve other people's problems. If we do it well enough with with enough class and with enough substance behind it, we are blessed to be able to put a price tag on whatever solution we offer to people. That's it. So listen to your audience. They will tell you what they need help with, what their problems are, and then it's your job to go ahead and start creating the solutions to those problems. It can be as simple as just offering coaching or consulting services. I mean, you'd be amazed. I mean, really, honestly, as I think about it, that's the lowest hanging monetization fruit for anybody with any amount of expertise. Mm-hmm. It's just to trade time for money. Yeah. Ultimately, not very scalable, but when you're starting out with your monetization on this journey, it's the easiest way to start monetizing. Just charge X amount of dollars for X amount of time, plain simple. And I will say, when it comes to pricing, not only of your time, but also of your product services, whatever the case may be, please charge what you are worth and don't apologize for it. You'd be amazed how often people undercut what they probably should be getting just because they think people will not pay for it. I guarantee you, we live in a time right now where people are more likely to pay money to gain access to you and your knowledge than ever before in the history of Western civilization. Plain and simple. I do it almost quarterly. I will hire a consultant or a coach on one particular thing, something. I just literally hired somebody two weeks ago to help um, help me craft and strategize my email funnel build outs for this year. Mm-hmm. I've been building email funnels for years, but I've plateaued. What am I going to do? Accept it? Or am I going to try and find somebody who can help me correct whatever problems I'm having and to go ahead and actually increase? I mean, you increase open rates by 4 5%, you're going to put another 50 grand in your pocket next year. Plain simple. So very, very important to understand just the simplicity behind providing solutions to people's problems. And it could be, like I said, something as simple as trading your time for for money, or it could be developing your first online course, or maybe even holding your first event. Maybe it's a small workshop or a mastermind event or something like that. I mean, that's how I started with live events. I had eight people around a table that I think I charged, 
I think I charged like $400 each, I think, for the day. And we just sat around a table and masterminded all day long in a conference room in London. But now I'm charging, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars to an to attend a two day event where there's hundreds of people from, you know, 30, 40 countries around the world every year. I absolutely love it. OK, so people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, you know what, this is this is really good stuff and I want more. And obviously there's a book. Um, I want you to tell us more specifically now about the book and, of course, where people can find it. So here's the story behind the book, and this is maybe potentially a nice way to wrap up the quiet. I think yeah. what happened what happened was 2015, we opened the doors to the Upana community. Around mid-2016, we did a little bit of a content audit in regards to our learning library, and there was hundreds of hours of content in there, but there were definite gaps in the learning uh, curves for some of our members and we listened to their feedback and we went ahead and we started to fill up those gaps by creating workshops or bringing bringing in experts for interviews and all that kind of stuff and when we were done looking at all this fresh content and the way that we had kind of filled up these gaps i noticed that all of the content when combined together was being stuck into three very unique buckets as we called them the first one was everything and anything to do with building your personal brand. The second one was marketing of that brand and those ideas and your message overall. And then the third one was monetization and actually turning this into a genuinely profitable business model, which a lot of people didn't see coming, quite frankly. Like, wow, you can make money out of your expertise. Who would have known, <laughs> right? And so... You know, then what we did is we actually built that into like a track format. If you think of like the subway, uh, you know, the subway um, map where you sort of have, you know, lines that are connected with these dots for the stations. And that's what happened. So we had build, market and monetize as the three stations on the track. And we called it the Yupana roadmap. Mm. And when I looked at that and I kid you not, it was like, you know, you have those little moments as an entrepreneur where I mean, without making it sound too woo-woo, you know, the stars, the stars, stars align, aligned, or, yes, know, yes. The, the heavens opened or whatever you want to say, right? <laughs> the, the fact is that I looked at it, it was on a whiteboard in front of me because we were still kind of strategizing it. It was on a whiteboard in front of me. I was with two members of my team and I looked at them both and I said, holy cow, that's my next book. And it just hit me just like that. And that's why... Inside of Rise of the Youpreneur, there are three main sections of the book. I mean, we've got, I don't know how many chapters exactly, uh, probably 15 or so chapters, something like that. But ultimately, we got to the point where there were, you know, um, three main chapters of build, market, and monetize that at the end of the day just added up perfectly into this book format. We separated things out in terms of the major learning um, you know, lessons and, 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 you know, what worked and what didn't. And, uh, at that point we, we just, we rocked it out and it turned, it turned out to be a fantastic book if I must say so myself. <laughs> well, I can imagine it would be, um, where can people find out more <laughs> about it? Well, you can go to rise of the That's Y O U rise of the Upreneur, or just search for Upreneur on Amazon. You'll be able to find it easily enough. Awesome, sir. Man, I appreciate you coming on here and sharing with my audience. I know they got a lot of value from it. And if you go and pick up the book, which I, am, I, I, I beg of you to go and pick it up, you're going to love it. 
Uh, so thanks for coming on here, man. And everyone, check out riseoftheupreneur.com. Check out the books on Amazon, wherever you want to check it out. Just check it out, get it, and, you know, leave a, 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 an awesome review after you finish reading it. Chris, thanks, my man. Thank you, my brother. It was good to be back on again. It's always fun. Awesome, awesome. Hey, guys. Yes, indeed. I hope you got a lot of value from this episode. No, I'm sorry. I know you got a lot of value from this episode. <laughs> And if you want to check out what he has going on, of course, go and check out Rise of the Youpreneur. And, of course, we are going to link to that in the show notes for this episode. All of the notes, everything you need. If you are driving in your car, I hope you weren't taking notes. Don't worry. We got you covered. Just go to becomeablogger.com slash 324. That's episode 324. And of course, if you are getting your blog started, you want to take it to the next level, you want someone to hold your hand as you grow that blog, I want to invite you to check out the Become a Blogger Coaching Club, where I basically hold your hand and help you get going. Uh, BloggerCoaching.com. But that's pretty much it for this episode. This is Leslie Samuel here from BecomeAblogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Eight 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 three five two four.